This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. 65Cube makes and markets a technology solution that has the triple benefit of making commercial displays, like big roadside LED boards, look better, last longer, and still use substantially less energy. The company has a small box that plugs in between the media player and display controller box of a display setup. Using a ton of graphics capabilities, smarts, and supporting technology to make, it says, even lower end, lower cost product from China look great. I had an interesting chat with 65Cube partner Alan Larson about the technology, which I suppose is a form of video wall processing. It gets a little technical in parts of the discussion, but Larson does a good job of not taking listeners too deep into the technical weeds. Color reproduction and image quality are important to brands, but the really intriguing aspect to this is the ability to get another year or two out of the capital investment in a big screen, while also reducing the month-to-month energy usage bills. Power usage is a much bigger issue in Europe at the moment, but it's something that every media owner with big bright displays should be looking at. As energy bills rise, and in Europe these days, energy availability is constrained. Alan, thank you for joining me. Can you tell me what your company 65 Cubed is all about? Because I just came across it literally a couple days ago and don't know a lot about it. Okay. 65 Cubed is a color management server product designed for LED walls and other video sources. Its roots are better than a dozen years old in the high-end color management space that you might see in a very eclectic home setting or more commonly post-production studios where color has to be absolutely spot on. Mm -hmm. What we discovered a couple, three years back is as LEDs came on, that as we modulated the color signature, there were significant changes in the, in the power signature. So we started experimenting with that and discovered that we could apply our technology combined with some aggressive time of day, you know, environmental conditions style algorithms to create an aggressive product for uh, an environmental impact on LED walls. And that's what sort of got us started. And as such, uh, we follow three mantras. We can make the color on a digital wall look very, very amazing. We've gotten literally cinematic events on walls before. Uh, We usually range between 1820 to the low 30s on average for a digital wall, especially outdoor settings that are on 24-7. And it varies based on how the customer wants their image and what the uh, foot traffic or automobile traffic might be. So when you say 18 to, to 30, what, what, do you, what are you meaning by that? If you are using, say, 100 amps uh, peak on a digital wall, mid-sized mm-hmm. wall, 
The second we turn our system on at the same brightness and color corrected, it'll usually drop that peak amperage, say, down to 75, 80% max. Mm -hmm. uh, more typically, it's sitting in the 60s, I would suppose, uh, because most people don't want to blow their eyes out with the brightness. So, and a byproduct of that is we've noticed that a lot of um, people that sell wall time, um, the arbitrage that people go through for the bids, is mm -hmm. they, they request about a 10% grayscale on whites to, to lessen you know, the risk of their walls being overloaded. Uh, by definition, when we take the power signature down, the advertiser's free to do what they want. We don't care what they do because we're not in that side of the game. But that's mm -hmm. a byproduct. You simply don't get the power swings that you would in a, in a wall that does not have our product. Okay. So the, the, the advantages are both in energy savings and better looking visuals. Yes. And the third, the third byproduct of those two, well, actually the second, the energy, is that because you're not stressing those LEDs as much, they run cooler. Uh, we 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 contend that that lower stress on the system uh, and its ability to react to external conditions of interest that that'll extend the display life. And what that means is if the if the display owner is in it for keeps, in other words, we've noticed that some people just flip the displays. You know, they bring them up and they're looking for somebody else, like any property. Those that use it as a long term investment are very interested in seeing the net present value of that asset go up and know it's going to stay up. And our guess is somewhere around 12, 15% uh, increased display life. So mm -hmm. in a, in a display, the size of a roadside, that's a very substantial uh, uh, savings over time. Yeah. So if you can lower the energy costs while extending the operating life, that's a, I guess a double benefit there, right? Right. The studies we've done so far on outdoor signage, put in uh, layman's terms, uh, we estimate that the savings on an average wall, call it about 25% conservatively, because we can be very aggressive in low viewership time periods, like overnight, uh, is about the same as saving two average American homes electricity every year. Hmm. And now the, the media company won't really care about that, but they, they will care about <laughs> what it means to their bottom right, right, line. Right, right. <laughs> and and, and to, your, to your point, Dave, uh, when I get, I get asked, well, who is your market? My market mm -hmm. is typically the guy that owns the OPEX and the EBITDA for the company. Because as we've found, uh, again, our roots are on studio side, but as we've talked to asset owners, the, the, the price point and fulfillment of their displays is market-driven. Their costs underlying, uh, they're the only ones that really care about it because they're going to get what they can get based on location and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, so if we can, if we can take 25% uh, out of their most consistent ongoing costs, by definition, that asset owner is going to earn more money. Right. So would your typical customer then be... Uh, let's say uh, somebody in, oh, I don't know, uh, Norman, Oklahoma, who uh, has a small media company. He's got five digital billboards. He or she has five digital billboards along a highway. 
and uh, he's, he or she is looking for ways to save money on that. Is that, is, is that most typical or are these big media companies? No, we, we don't care. Uh, if they have one sign, the, the, for, to, to us, that savings is linear. You know, each mm-hmm. sign has the same impact, you know, of, of a given size. We, our market is, is those asset owners. For example, I'm working on a project with a company that owns, I think, around 40 roadside billboards. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they can blanket it across. Now they they're in they're in rural Midwest, and what's especially of interest to them is that in the overnight hours we can turn the savings model into the forty plus percent range, because of the way we can manipulate the pixels on the screen and drive down the the uh, power consumption even further. We and how, it, how do you it, do that? that? Well. Um, it's probably best Without to give it all your secrets. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't because uh, some of those, some of what I'm describing is in the pending patent pending process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The underlying technology I think has around 14 or 17 patents in the color management space. Um, and just by reference, the roots of this company come out of X Kodak people in their color, digital color division. Mm. Uh, the actual author of most of the patents is the retired chief technology officer for that division with a PhD in color physics out of MIT. And so it's pretty heady stuff. When I talk about some of the uh, concepts of the color gamut, uh, most people's eyes, you know, go shut in about a half a second. So we have to be careful to, you know, <laughs> you know, to yes. tone, it, tone it down a little bit. Count, count me among those. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, the overnight hours, basically what we do is we sit between the video player and the wall's controller. Mm -hmm. So in a production setting, you honestly unplug the HDMI in to the video controller and insert our box between the player and that video controller and then put another little segment of HDMI cable. We're in line Mm -hmm. between the two. And what happens is because we know what a particular color red, let's call it the OU crimson color. My son is an OU grad. That's a branded color. We can reproduce that color to that PMS standard if you're thinking of it as a paper representation. Most, we've never seen it. Uh, If someone says, I want to bid with pure IBM blue, I think we'd probably win the deal. Now, what that means is that we we put a, a, a scope against a screen and we measure upwards of eight, 9,000 colors, patches. We call them patches, but they're effectively samples. So if I feed that OU red to the screen, I'm going to make this up because the numbers are huge. Each digital, mm-hmm. each pixel gets a, a digital command that tells it what colors, how to turn the pixels on, how bright it should be, and so forth. But let's just say in simple terms, the color for that OU red is the number one, two, three, four. Well, we have a very nice reference scope that looks at it and says, you know, we got one, two, three, four, but that the best that screen could spit back, because all the pixels in the world are made in one big bucket over in China, it spits back one, six, six, two. Why? It's because it does. It has nothing to do with the controller. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. anything else. Well, then we know, oh, cool. So that means we have to send it the number one five five three, whenever we see one two three four for any given pixel, and it'll spit back the actual image of one two three four, and poof, we do that for all the colors in the gamut. 
And uh, that's what brings out the true color. Now, a lot of people talk about, oh, the white point, move the white point. That's a fallacy in our world because a white point is actually what's called D65 or 6500 Kelvin is the pure white. When you properly set red, green, and uh, RGB, red, green, blue, mm-hmm. when they're running to, 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 to true calibrated and color managed perfection, that white is the Venn diagram intersection of those color spaces. It never moves, no matter how bright it is. Mm-hmm. So when we reduce the illumination of a screen, we're actually bringing down the mathematical values that told the LED to be bright, not the mathematical values that keep the color in perfect harmony, which makes it very in the evening. You can drive down the freeway or in Nova Scotia, a remote road with trees around it. <laughs> and and uh, um, the colors are beautiful. And at night, we take a much more aggressive use of the color in a way that people can't see because black on an LED wall is electrically the value of zero amps. So if we quiesce 20, 30% of that screen in a mathematical way, no matter where we had it set, that amount of additional power is going to disappear because those LEDs are physically not doing a thing. But it really mm-hmm. looks nice. So, uh, and we don't tell people how we do it because that's, that's, we, we can't do that. So, right. And, and you're able to do more at night simply because you don't have to drive these things as hard, right? Right. And we also are not really, We've never actually put up a light meter. Uh, you know, we could, uh, but we use the absolute geolocation of the display itself. Mm-hmm. And um, the nice thing is, is the geolocation of every place in the earth has an exact sunrise and sunset time that changes every day of the year. So that means like in Nova Scotia, it's going to sunset. Sun's going to set at 428 this afternoon which means somewhere around four o'clock or maybe a little before, we'll start taking the brightness part of that mathematical equation, slowly move it over perhaps 45 minutes or so into a full post-dusk mode where mm-hmm. it'll be in an evening setting. And then when the asset owner says, there's nobody on this road, let's flip in the low viewership mode because from say 11 o'clock till six in the morning, only three cars go by, but, mm-hmm. but we're required by contract to keep that wall alive. So it's a combination of how the marketing people want to see it and what's appropriate for the marketing setting. When we do things like Las Vegas, we can't be as aggressive because mm-hmm. it's just, they just love brightness out there, right? So, but I will tell you that some of those absolutely huge walls that you see, if you've been, I'm assuming you've been to the strip. Oh, uh, yeah. It's nothing to take 50 grand a year in costs off of those walls. Yeah, which and that's like a neighborhood of Las Vegas people and Lake Mead's going dry. So what do we do? So Yeah. So when I am buying your product, am I purely buying the box and the the technology that's in there or am I buying a service and a platform? Yes, the answer is to the latter. Okay. We 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 the the box is a computer. It's a it's a very fast computer that has boatloads of GPUs and processors because mm-hmm. it's it's creating absolute color and saturation differentiate at each pixel level, which means we can maintain grayscale visibility in an almost black setting. 
most of the times they dither out and they kind of they're just if there is a blob you can actually see uh the changes in the in the subtleties of the shadows mm-hmm. and what in other words i'm going to go back to your question but a point i want to make earlier is because of that that purity that absolute control at a pixel level um your image will be more in focus and it's simply because the processor captures the subtleties between each pixel to the point where the the processor doesn't give up and approximate them like a cheap tv would Mm -hmm. Um, and it just all of a sudden you see what the director intended not what uh, a lower cost uh, video display processor is able to produce now back to your question about uh, pricing we we sell our product with a tier of four ways. We have what we just, for lack of uh, marketing intelligence, we call it the base product. It's the kind of product you would use, say, in a conference room or, or a church where you turn it on and you just want it to look nice and you're going to turn it off. Mm-hmm. The energy savings piece is incidental because they don't care, right? And it's also such a low, you know, they plug it into a 110 circuit and call it a day. Uh, we sell that as basically the asset with the color management system. And everything they want to use on it is basically a manual setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one we affectionately call our energy module. And it pops in all of the automated features for geolocation, time of day, um, anything you want to do that is environmentally based or schedule based, it'll take over. Uh, in fact, when we take the color way down to the point where you go, gosh, it's dim, the color management system can actually pull this is the patented stuff, can actually pull out warm colors or blue color, whatever would add a little zip back into the picture. Mm-hmm. Now, is it absolutely pure to the King's English you know, studio? No. Does it look better? Oh, yeah, it does. So mm-hmm. that means you can, you can create a very pleasant brand running at about 25 to 35% of the power signature. And I'd, I'd have to show it to you because once you see it, you go, huh, what do you know? Those facial mm-hmm. tones came out. So that... That part of the product is 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 typically sold on an on an energy uh, split uh, software as a service model, either as an asset purchase or as a software as a service you know um, uh, uh, continued continued service, mm-hmm. and and it's 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 based on an energy savings model. So so technically, if you were in Nevada versus New York, the price point for the same asset would probably be different in our eyes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but in all cases, the customer always wins. If they purchase the product, they will always be cash positive in less than 24 months and thereafter. Okay. We, yeah, that we, was going to be a question was, you know, yes, you can save money on this, but uh, is the cost of the the technology at a point where it, it's, you know, you're not really saving, you're just saving on your energy bill or whatever. No, no, we, we do it based on, our play is I got to be able to look a CFO in the eye and go, you'll be better off with us. End of conversation. I don't care if you give a rip about color, you'll be better off. Mm-hmm. And I'll quite, quite frankly, the entertainment companies that have a customer that comes in for three days and gambles, they honestly, they honestly don't have the, they don't care, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just not that their, their market is to get people behind a slot machine. So, and other people, uh, if you go into a boardroom setting or someone that, that cares about their brand. Oh heck, they they are not. They don't care about the energy. They want it to look perfect. They're there to mm-hmm. impress their customers. So it depends on the market. So, um, and as a and by the way, the device 
is always hooked via a very secure tunnel to our server farm in Rochester, New York, which means nobody can actually get into the server. Uh, it's impenetrable. Mm-hmm. And the only way you access is, is through a, a web app that can run on any device and you can watch the behavior. You can see how much the machine is running. You can see how much, if you elect to put onboard storage and so forth, and you can do all the manipulation of the screen uh, via the web, no matter where you are. Uh, so let me talk a little bit, since I brought that up, I'll shift to the fourth piece of our product. We sure. call it sm- smart automation. Uh, because we're keeping a heartbeat con- uh, pulse on that machine, if the video path goes away, either to or from, the technician on duty will get an immediate alert on his cell phone. Okay. If we're hooked to a UPS and the UPS is alive, so we're alive, but the network connection goes down, then more than likely there's a power failure somewhere else. Once again, we'll notify them immediately. And the reason we can do that is that the server farm is that which actually notifies the, the, the technician, not the device itself. So it's saying, mm-hmm. I lost my baby out there in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to tell somebody about it. As a byproduct of that, our third tenant that we sell to, and this is for people that <clears throat> just have a desire for it, um, we've been asked and have done uh, camera installations. There's a lot of controllers that do camera installations, which is fine. It's nothing unique. Uh, but again, uh, if someone is having a hard time with uh, a consumer ping their bill because they want absolute validation of their, their uh, display ads, We'll just have the server snap a picture every three seconds and log it both locally and up on the server. And if somebody asks a question, here, knock yourself out. Here's a log of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and if there's an error with the, if we throw an error at the system, then we, if the camera's up, we would immediately turn a live feed on and make that feed available to the technician via that text. Mm-hmm. So. In rural settings, like where you live and a lot of the mountain states, these guys in bucket trucks drive two hours just to find out they didn't even need to go there. And this is part of just their way of, you know, uh, for example, a bar, we were a sports bar went down, the network that went down for six minutes and the technician got an error. By the time he read the error, the system was back up. So he calls and mm-hmm. says, what the heck happened? He goes, well, go talk to your network people. That's exactly what happened. It's that kind of stuff. The idea behind this whole smart service is that we do not want the, the distributors that buy, our, buy and resell our product to get a call at 11 o'clock at night because the consumer found something wrong. We want them to be able to call their customer and say, by the way, if it's of interest to you, I remediated a couple of issues last week. No problem. That's just what we do for you because we care. And mm-hmm. that's why we built it. That was all based on distributor requests. Because they have a business to run, and every time they have to service a wall for no reason, it just takes away their bottom line. Above and beyond what the customer bought, this is a distributor feature. For over a decade, ScreenFeed has been the reliable choice for beautifully designed, licensed content such as news and weather. We handle over 27 million requests a day to deliver dynamic content to 200,000 screens across the globe. Now, we bring you ScreenFeed Connect, a no-code solution that makes complex content projects easy. Projects that used to take our designers and developers weeks became a to-do we could complete before lunch. The easy-to-use browser-based tool leverages pre-built data connections and ready-made widgets to give you the power to design with data. Create team member profiles, schedules, tenant directories, progress boards, featured products, or anything that leverages your data. 
Discover how Connect empowers you to complete projects faster at screenfeed.com. So I've been to some trade shows. Well, I've been to many trade shows, but uh, trade shows that included booths for companies who were specifically in the business of video wall processing for Mm -hmm. LED video walls. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of companies like Brompton. And uh, I understand at a at a base level, I guess at, at most, that you're you're running your signal through these boxes, which optimizes and improves the visuals that get pushed mm-hmm. to the screen, that therefore makes it look better. Is is that essentially what you're doing here, or is this like another component? No, it 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 definitely conditions the video signal mm-hmm. uh, in the in the in the. Um, high-end video market, a couple competitors I can think of on a studio set, you'll see, um, uh, what are they called? Black box or um, where they actually condition the camera. I've seen Lumigen. You see the high-end settings. Mm -hmm. Um, We're similar in those products. Uh, There's a thing called a a LUT box, L-U-T. We are the highest resolution LUT box on the market. The new, the, what they call them, the, the, we got our name 65 cube because we're 65, 65, 65. That's the cube, RGB uh, based technology. The nearest competitor that does something like this, I think, is 37 cube, and most of them are like 17. And most of the calibration style activities we've seen from uh, digital wall companies are one dimensional, not three dimensional. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and again, we're applying, we're over, you know, we're basically hitting the color management system for a digital wall with a sledgehammer because we happen to own the asset. Uh, our sister company is owned by the same investor as we are. So that hence, you know, we have untethered access to the, all the software assets. Hmm. Okay. So is this the sort of thing that you purely sell as a product or would you license it as well to like a big time, you know, top five LED manufacturers. So it would just be incorporated in their overall product. Uh, we would welcome that. Okay. Uh, because it's a lot easier to sell and implement. For example, yeah. there's two ways that our system gets installed. Because we can't control the quality of any given panel that goes on a wall, regardless of the manufacturer, uh, we always scope the system to start with. So if we if if we see us uh, if someone that owns some walls along Interstate 10, they say they, we want these fixed. Well, well, we'll actually go in a bucket truck for a couple hours and screen. Once done, done. And every display that's of the same bin of LED, they're done. Uh, but if it's an oddball, you go do it for a, for a distributor when they receive their great big crates of panels from China, they take one out. You know, they're usually like the six inches by 12 inches or foot by foot or whatever they are. They just lay it on the floor, hook a controller to it, put the scope against it and go home for dinner. And then that entire set of crates that came in the same shipment are all done. And so the customer never gets involved in it. So, but hmm. no, the, um, the underlying technology of our sister company is in thousands, thousands of high-end uh, uh, monitors, you know, that are used in commercial settings, high-end gaming, that kind of stuff. Who's the sister company? It's called, uh, in, the technical name is Entertainment Experience. Their, mm-hmm. their trademark company is called EE Color. Okay. And it's embedded in our technology. We're both owned by the same you know, group. Is the product something that would be used across any manufacturer? 
Yes. Uh, you know, like I mentioned like the top five companies that perhaps sell a lot of the stuff to the, at least to the major media companies mm-hmm. uh, for, for sides of buildings and roadside billboards and so on. Or is this uh, more the thing that's going to really improve lower tier, lower cost products? I, when I can't speak for the quality management of any manufacturer, uh, mm-hmm. the, low, the lower quality products, uh, distributors that don't sell the top three or four name brands, mm-hmm. they love it because they can go and compete head to head. Because they can, we have a quick, we have a clever tool we give them. We give them a, an image that's, we basically duplicate side by side and play it in duplication on the screen. And then we tell our processor to physically not process the left side of the screen pixels mm-hmm. and the right side we do. And it's visually impressive because the telltale evidence of w- digital walls that are pushing too much electricity and don't portray are people. We went to, I, what was it, the Infocom show last June. I believe we, were the, we went with a partner, a, a distributor that resells our product. We were the only ones that had people, not swirling colors and mountain scenes, because right. we can we can produce the facials of anybody, whether you're Caucasian of color, just as if you're looking at them in your face. When you get the people's faces right, I guarantee you the rest of the colors in. Typically, what happens is is people look like they sat under a sun lamp all day, mm-hmm. and another telltale evidence of a screen often aging is whites look turquoise. And that just means the whole color skew is pushed way out. Mm-hmm. And uh, bring that back in, all the, by the way, when it's pushing purple, it's pushing a lot more electricity too. When you bring it into white, that means it's the white is being, it, the white is the byproduct of the red, blue, and green in concert. Hmm. We don't, we don't create white. White happens. Is what right. I'm trying to say. Yeah. For the lower cost uh, products coming over primarily from China, Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the criticisms is that they use LED light emitters from a really wide, quote unquote, bin, a uh, mm-hmm. wide assortment of bins with different uh, color properties and everything else. Uh, is the proposition here that that maybe doesn't, that's not the same worry if you're using this kind of technology? Uh, no, we usually tell the distributors who buy those, you have to pay attention to the bin numbers as they mm-hmm. come in because. Yes, they vary widely. Uh, and what you find that the distributors are pretty clever. If they pull some panels out that look odd compared to the rest of them, they literally sort them. I mean, it sounds like a big pain in the neck, but they don't want their customer to look, you know, to have a checkerboard on the wall. Yeah. Uh, but no, typically the rule is if you receive another shipment that's, that the manufacturer declares is of the same bin, you hope they ha- that manufacturer has integrity then you go with that. What you typically find is, let's assume the bins are off by 5 or 6% in the color signature, and it's on the side of a wall, you know, along a freeway somewhere. The energy curve is going to be taken care of. It, this colors won't be textbook. But again, you have a viewing discussion with the consumer of about two seconds when they look at the screen. Otherwise, they're going to hit that semi in front of them. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be as particular on roadside displays as you do in, 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 you know, uh, company settings. Right. Boardroom. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned the 
come out of uh, the studio world and so on. Is is this primarily a product for uh, outdoor displays that you're going to see from a long distance, uh, or is this the sort of thing that you could use indoors for you know 1.8 millimeter uh, fine pixel pitch walls? Uh, actually, today I'm going over to one of a, a manufacturer's U.S. distribution center, and I'm going to be working with their team to to set up a 0.5 millimeter, five by nine or eight ten wow. wall in their boardroom. Now, the finer the fi- the finer the pixel pitch, the more amazing the product. Actually, hmm, okay, yeah. So, last question: I was curious about uh, the energy savings. When uh, I, I work quite a bit with a company over in Germany, we collaborate on things and they asked me about uh, energy concerns uh, in North America. And I say it's, it's, you know, people are aware of it, but it's not a point of discussion. Obviously, it's a huge point of discussion now in, in Europe. Is, is, are you getting questions at all about, uh, or, yeah. or are the yeah. customers interested in that side of it? No, <clears throat> yes. Uh, we're more interested than people we found. In fact, one of the reasons I went, I think I told you I went to the DPAA show a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was, I, my, one of my missions was specifically to look for potential distributors in continental Europe for oh, that okay. very reason. So I keep, I, I've traveled extensively in my uh, overseas, um, put a lot of time into Europe and Middle East and so forth. Uh, and no, it's a whole different world over there. You know, and, mm-hmm. and most Americans, you know, the weird thing about Americans and probably Canadians too is they've never been more than 250 miles from the day, place they were yeah. born. And and uh, like in Dallas, where I live, you don't see any news about New York because it's like might as well be Germany. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't get it. You know, there's just not something would register. So mm-hmm. the European thing here is nothing more than news on you know the nationals every so right. often. And, and you don't have uh, U.S. media companies or maybe Canadian media companies as well expressing concerns about the cost of uh, energy and uh, interest in your product primarily because of that. They're more interested because of the color properties. Well, well, it's again, if they pay the bill for that asset, they care. Ah, if, yeah. <laughs> if they're the advertisers or like I, when I was at DPAA, uh, I got mm-hmm. killed with acronym soup. Because I come out of the high tech industry, databases, applications, you know, computers, and I have a whole different. I could have given you the same three letters in some acronym, and I would have thought it was something different. So I sat there and just listened and looked for the context. And and, and yeah. by and large, uh, the 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 word energy, the word perfect color, uh, wasn't mentioned once in the five yeah. days I was there, and and. Uh, Hence, I met with an architectural engineering firm that they're all about energy. And they went, you have a uniqueness here that we believe, as we do these great big installations, will give us competitive advantage. Hmm. And that was the most productive meeting I had all week, actually. Okay. So, yeah. Very no, interesting. No, but, yeah. So, so back to your question about the majors. I, yeah. have, appro- I have approached the, the, the likely candidates that are the big display owners, you know, the people that make them yeah. and have, some have amazing products. I mean, don't get me wrong. I walked, I, we've looked at a couple of the, call it the top three or four. Mm-hmm. And we go, you know what? The differential between some of the cool things they're doing and what we can provide, that just validates our market. 
we, we don't care if we so-called compete against them because that's that's goodness because they're doing the right thing for the the environment yeah. that we're trying to do we're we're we're, we're sensitive to that we we're, none of us are like you know drum oil if we don't have to kind of thing we're not those kind of people right so the european piece is very important to us and we're just attempting to get a, a foothold to get our product supported locally Okay. All right, Alan, uh, if, if people want to know more about the company, where can they find it online? If they go to our website, they can fill out, a you know, a, there's a simple form that says, I want to know more. That's about all it does. And right. I'll, call them, I'll call them right back or I'll have somebody okay. in our group call them back. And that's 65cubed.com? Right. Right. Perfect. All right. Uh, thanks again for spending some time with me. Thanks very much. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 69 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 169 is not a press release republishing mill, like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 169, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 169 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at ScreenFeed.com. 169, the blog and the podcast, are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's Spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house, located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.